Welcome to episode 104 of Off the Rush. It's a little bit of deja vu. Feels like we've done this before. Thanks for getting us wherever you got us from, whether it was Spotify or Apple. It's the 104th show. It's the Ottawa Silver 7 edition. They won the Stanley Cup again. Again, that powerhouse. With Reggie Dunlop. Reggie Dunlop, led by a player coach. Uh, Banners hanging in the Canadian Tire Center just to mock Allen and get him upset. Well, what's the oldest Listen, Montreal? Got, uh, what's the oldest Montreal Canadiens banner hanging in the Bell Center? Canadians, yeah, twenty four, nineteen twenty four. So, like, I'm going to throw this out there just to get. I know this. Point. I know this because I have one hanging in my men's den. There you go. Yeah, you match him, match him, um, Dave. Yeah, a little bit of spiciness for you off the top. Do you think that any of the Stanley Cups that happened in the original six era should count as a cup? Considering it was a glorified men's league and everybody was from Ontario and Quebec. Oh, uh, well, that's interesting. Uh, I don't think that they're as valuable as a Stanley Cup today. You know, should they still be in the rafters? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's history there. But when we talk about like the Montreal Canadiens having won Allen 24 Stanley Cups. Oh, you nailed it. Nice. Uh, You know, it's a little bit. I don't know. It's a little bit laughable now. Back when they won their last one in in 93, I don't think it was as laughable, but that's that's 30 years ago. And in the last 30 years, we've grown the well we the te- the league has grown to 32 teams. It's so damn hard to win uh a cup nowadays and like no team will no team will well, okay. There's maybe like three teams <laughs> that might be able to catch the Montreal Canadiens, but no other team is going to be able to catch them. And it's just it's just odds, you know. That's just how it is. So with that though, if you're saying there's 32 teams, wouldn't the argument be that it's more watered down now? No, you have a one. No, because there's players... chance to win a cup. Yeah, and they're they're <laughs> taking players from a much 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 bigger talent pool. There's yes. There's way more people playing hockey, first of all. They're taking players from all over Europe. That's the second thing. Um, and the third thing is that everybody knows how to skate backwards who's playing in the NHL. So Yeah. And well, the fourth thing is they, they're YouTube babies now. And so, like, the talent is yeah. incredibly better than it like, was. Ken's two daughters, Ken, who used to be on the show, they, they're, like, 11 and 9, and they can hit Mishies at will. Like, they're just hitting Mishies all over the place. Listen, if Chris Pronger was in the league, nobody would be hitting Michigan's ever. Yeah, if Chris Pronger was in the what league, what are you talking about? They would be they'd be doing it whenever he wasn't on the ice. Yes. <laughs> no, no, Pronger would just take Trevor Zegris, and I think somebody needs to and make an example of him. Could they'd you be imagine, on the same team? Could you imagine if somebody tried the <laughs> Michigan in the nineties with like guys like Scott Stevens and Chris Pronger floating around? I love Whoa. it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to happen because there's a guy that's old school that's gonna like somebody's gonna try it and he's gonna just like clock him and I'm gonna be here for it. I saw I saw a really funny clip on Instagram the other day. It was during Ryan Getzlaff's last year, and it's like <laughs> I saw that <laughs> the moment Ryan Getzlaff knew he was he was done in the NHL. It was like Trevor Zegras and and Troy Terry doing like a five minute long handshake and fist bump and chest bump thing before and he just kind of looks at them. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, Getzlaff's just like he's doing like the the Lee Trevino and Happy Gilmore, just shaking his head at him, <laughs> like I'm getting too old for this shit. Um. Yeah, hey, he's Dan- he's Danny Glover out of Lethal Weapon. I don't know if those cups like the cups in the seventies when there were twelve teams and they won five in a row. I feel like that's super impressive. 
certainly 86 and 93 those count but okay i'm sorry okay you guys just going back to the gets live thing really quick i was reading like cbc news i was scrolling through the app this is literally one of the article titles today why is a junior hockey team drinking mustard and pickle juice during games and yeah, the winter the winter spitfires yeah, yeah. Just squirting mustard in his mouth. I'm like, man, I can't put up with this crap. It fights cramps. No, that's like a proven thing. It it it, it prevents. Yeah, pickle cramping. juice, man. Yeah. Also, pickle juice, a pickleback shot. If you're ever at like a bar or a wedding, pickleback shots underrated. Nobody. <laughs> like, this What's is that? Just ridiculous. Yeah, how are you guys defending this? This is like never in the history is this ever needed to be done ever. Nobody cramps if they're just like drinking water and eating properly. They don't need to squirt mustard juice in their mouth. This is a dumb, like, social media thing that Man, kids guys, are doing. Guys in the NHL were doing it. Their last playoffs, they showed them they had little packets on the benches. Yeah, mustard. Yeah, uh, Pedersen and Miller are big mustard guys on the Canucks. Um, yeah, uh, doing mustard packets. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's all trendy, man. Like, smelling salts became a big thing a few years ago. Now it's mustard packets. At least uh, kids aren't going to hurt themselves with mustard and pickle juice. So they'll be all right. That's um, true. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, we didn't do that in the old days, Dave. Back in the eighties, the Oilers, we, we did cocaine. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't wash our jock strap. No, and we smoked a pack <laughs> during intermissions. Yeah, Gila Fleur in the hallway in between Stanley Cups, just uh -huh. <laughs> hacking a dart. No, it's all good. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do it because, like, no. I think my teammates on the trash panda wouldn't appreciate my breath on the bench. Um, so I probably won't bust that one out on Friday night. Uh, I guess the big news is that they got a couple of huge things, but since we were talking about junior players and juniors, World Juniors ended uh, last week. Team USA beats Team Sweden. Team Sweden, just a powerhouse in this tournament every year. They can't get it done in the medal round again, this time in front of home ice, led by Cutter Gauthier, who is the most discussed man in hockey today. Uh, Cutter Gauthier leads Team USA to a gold medal, uh, fifth overall pick a couple of years ago, the Philadelphia Flyers. He gets traded yesterday, seemingly out of nowhere, uh, to the Anaheim Ducks for Jamie Drysdale and a second round pick. Alan, your thoughts on the Cutter Gauthier situation? I love it. Screw you, Philadelphia. You did it to Quebec. Now somebody's doing it back to you. Didn't have a problem when Lindros wanted to do it, and you gladly took him. Now Cutter Gauthier said, I've had enough of your bullshit, Danny Briere. Your kid threw that wheelchair down the hall, and you have the audacity to come out and, like, rip a 22-year-old kid? Come on. I do find it okay. that the Philadelphia Flyers are trying to stand on some kind of moral and ethical high ground when they're one of the worst organizations in the league. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Like, they could have held on to him. They didn't have to trade him. Uh, can, but can, can you guys can you guys give me like a quick rundown because I just haven't been able to see the Bruyere okay. thing yet. So what? So, give me like the give me like the real tone of it and stuff like that. Of what? Alan, you want to take this one? So uh, they came out and they pretty much said the kid didn't want to meet with us, didn't want to come play for us, so we got rid of him. Yeah, that's more that's, or less how that's it went. Pretty much the Coles notes of it. Yeah. So well, yeah, they, they drafted him. He said he was, he thought he was born to be a flyer, meant to be a flyer. A few months later, he says, I don't want to be a flyer. Won't talk to them. They tried to meet up with him at the world juniors. Uh, he wouldn't meet with them and then gets traded seemingly out of nowhere. Like after a great tournament gets dealt 
Uh, and then Daniel Breher does a press conference and buries him. Uh, the president, Keith Jones, buries him. Uh, and then a bunch of the old vets like Hextall and all these guys, uh, Scott Hartnell made a statement about him. Um, everybody's just shitting on him. I mean, I'm okay with it. I just want to know why. I don't know if we'll ever get an answer of what it was exactly that made Gauthier not want to play in Philadelphia. Um, but is it torts? Like, do you guys think it was torts? Does he not want to be yelled at by torts? So that, that whole thing with Tortorella, too, Tortorella made a comment like he had no idea who Cutter Goche was. Meanwhile, in the summer, like Goche's talking about how when he was at development camp or whatever, he was walking by, went up and introduced himself to Torts, and Torts was like, oh, you're Cutter. Hey, nice to meet you. Like, somebody's not telling the truth here. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have, I've had many, many, many interactions with John Tortorella. Um, he, if anything, he's a pretty genuine guy. Like, away from the bluster, like but behind the scenes, pretty good dude. I don't think I would disagree with him. If he's, if he's, if he says he's telling the truth, he's probably telling the truth. It's not like Tortorella to hide things from the media either. Um, but like, I don't know, man, if you're looking at this objectively, it's a good deal for Gauthier. He's gonna, you know, Philadelphia is pretty cold in the winter, Anaheim, palm trees close to the beach. And like, think of that. SoCal baby. And like, Look at that core now, like of young players. You got Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, you got Carlson, uh, Cutter Gauthier, McTavish. Like, wow, that could be a wagon in a couple of years. Like, that could really be something. And for Philadelphia, they're way ahead of schedule. They're lo- like they're looking like a wild card team right now. And Drysdale, they got healthy. balls. Yeah, because they got balls. You got. They're not very smart, but they got balls. Thanks, Torts. Um, and Jamie Drysdale's healthy for the first time in like a year and a half. And he's a good player. Like, I don't know. I like this trade. I actually think it works out for both teams. Like Anaheim's getting like a, a, a stud that is going to age with the core that they have. Like he's going to be in the same age bracket, kind of like what we're seeing in Vancouver where like Quinn Hughes and Petey and those guys that all grew up together. Anaheim's setting up a similar thing. And Philadelphia gets a top four, like top four pairing defenseman. And, and they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. Like Carter Hart's back in form. I kind of all worked out the way it was supposed to be. Dave, do you have a problem with a, with a young player refusing to sign? Uh, typically. Yes. Um, but I don't know what, we don't know what actually happened or, or what really turned him off. So I don't want to like speculate, but generally speaking, I don't have a lot of time for players who are little prima donnas who don't really have a good reason to sign with the with their club. I I'm a total believer that like you know whoever whoever you got drafted to you need to put in the work and become a proper NHL player. And if it comes to a point where you want to be traded or whatever, like you know go for it. But this is a kid who hasn't even made the show who you know, hasn't, you know, didn't want, apparently didn't want to talk to Philly, blah, 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 blah. We don't know what, what it was. So I I don't want to speculate. Who knows? Honestly, it could have been something really bad could have turned him off and that's totally fair. And that's a different situation. But again, typically speaking, not a big fan of kids calling the shots. I mean, the Snyder family hasn't dealt with their players the best way. There haven't been a lot of really big success stories in Philadelphia with players 
been a lot of problems. Um, they've turned on a lot of their guys. Look how they turned, like Bobby Clark turned on Eric Lindros. Um, you know, look it's at nickels and quarters at Santa Claus. Yeah, look how they look how they handled Mike Richards. Like, look how they handled Jeff Carter. Like, the list goes on and on. So maybe there's something to that. And also, yeah, maybe he didn't like the fact that Danny Breer's kid threw a wheelchair down the stairs. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But, um, yeah, <laughs> like, good luck going back into Philly to play a road game, uh, Cutter. That's going to be a tough I can't seat. wait for that. Oh, oh, oh man, that's oh. going to be appointment viewing. Those fans are merciless in Philadelphia. He's going to get hit with double-A batteries. Like, it's going to be great. Boy. Double A, they're coming with the D's. Yeah, at least he only has to go in once a year. Playing, imagine if he signed with like the Rangers or Pittsburgh. Well, that would be bad. But yeah, Cutter Goche, uh, you know, pack your shit. You're going to Anaheim. You're going to Disneyland instead of like a pretty gritty city like Philadelphia, uh, that I'm told smells like pee and methamphetamine. So I don't know, not a bad idea. I'll tell you. I'll tell you if I make it to WrestleMania this April. <clears throat> oh, you're gonna go to the link. You're gonna go see WrestleMania at the link. I, I want us so bad because the rock's going to be there. That's true. It's true. If you smell what he's cooking, I was at SmackDown last week and I was the best looking man or woman there by a country mile. Any, uh, any, uh, Canuck jabs. Oh yeah. Logan Paul, Logan Paul went after the Canucks hard. <laughs> he said that, uh, Kevin Owens has a, has, has the same amount of chances of winning the United States title as the Canucks do of winning a Stanley cup. Zero. And it was good cheap heat, and the crowd <laughs> booed him. And then there was a good solid Go Canucks Go chant uh, for about 30 seconds, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then, yeah, um, one of the other wrestlers wore Canuck-themed attire, which was fun. But uh, enough about wrestling. Did, did he win? No, she did not win. She was from Victoria. She lost to Bianca Belair, who's arguably the best uh, female wrestler on the planet. Uh, and then she turned on Vancouver well and said she's also moving to Florida for a better life, just like Roberto Luongo. So <laughs> I love it. It was a bait and switch. Like she came out in Canucks attire and free. then trashed the Canucks. It was actually pretty great. It was good. All she needed, all she needed to do was drop a free the skate at the end of it, yeah. and she would have got a letter too in her mailbox. Oh, can we talk about that, Dave? Is that on your radar? So a six, that? a sixty four year old fan wrote handwritten, wrote a letter, and mailed it to the Florida Panthers head office, so he knew it would get to Roberto Luongo, saying that he saw. Luongo uh, saying free the skate at the end of his uh, uh, Ring of Honor acceptance speech is disrespectful. Uh, yeah. He thought that the jersey was <laughs> ugly and that the uh, the Orca and blue, green, and white are the best color scheme the Canucks have ever had. And he's been a season ticket holder since 1970. And Luongo should make a public apology for his comments. So uh, Roberto retweeted a picture of of the letter and said, this one's going on the wall. Oh my god. <laughs> I found it a little bit strange that it was it was signed uh hit me back just to chat your biggest fan. This is Stan. Uh it had like it had stalker vibes written all over it, but uh yeah, strong. It didn't actually say that. No, that was just okay. I was like because like, that guy's so apparently this guy is 64 years old. Yeah, been yeah. a fan since the beginning. Who writes a handwritten letter when they're 64? Like, I mean, I could understand it if it was somebody in their 80s. Oh, yeah. listen, my dad, my dad would write a letter. There's so many times when he's like, can you get me the address of Gary Batman? I would like to, I would like to address <laughs> him. I'm like, dad, I'm like, just, just tell me what you want to say. And I'll write an email. Meanwhile, I'm just writing the email to myself. <laughs> yeah. There's quite a few people in the Edmansky family that don't do the internet. It's a, uh, 
I find it, I find it endearing, but uh, yeah, I know your dad's a beauty. Your dad, I, I, I got to talk to Gary. Cause if your dad ever did see Gary Bettman at an event, he would like grab him by the forearm and like take him into a corner and have a talk with him. Oh man. So the uh, Montreal Canadians old timers were here a couple of weeks ago and a buddy of mine was organizing it. So he's like, Hey, come out to the meet and greet and whatever. And we went to the meet and greet and it's just like that. Adds buddies with them from back in the day. And he sits down with like Knuckles Nylon right beside him. Starts shooting the breeze with him. And there's Sergio Momesso, who might be one of the biggest beauties ever. Oh, yeah. Serge is great. And we loved him in Vancouver in the 90s. Yeah. Um, like he just, he sees dad and he just like starts playing along. And he's just like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we might, you know, do this and that today. He's like, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And dad's yeah, just you're, in his head. You're, your dad has a very likable quality where people will just like, like, you know, give him hours and hours of their time when they really don't have it and they shouldn't like Brian Kilray. Like your dad could hold court with Brian oh, yeah. Kilray all day. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a cottage down for us. And it's like show up with a six pack of Molson export and a couple cigars and killer. He'll sit with you for hours. Yeah. That, that, that's good stuff. But, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's all strange and weird in the NHL right now with, with young kids holding out. Um, also speaking of like contracts, Willie Nylander gets $92 million over eight years, about 11 and a half per. Um, absolutely. I just want the records to show that I said he would get 12 on the open market. I, I think he would have. I think he absolutely would have. But Leaf fans, oh, he's not going to get, he's not worth $12 million. Nobody will pay him that. Hey, Toronto, you just gave him pretty close to that. I mean, he's on pace for 120 points. I mean, that's, you're going to max out, right? Like you're going to max out. He gets that money. So now they've got four forwards on their roster four over 10 million a year. Dave, like, is there they any have... plan in Toronto? <laughs> their plan is just to spend their way out of trouble. In they know a it's, cap, they know in, it's in hockey or basketball, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, So uh, I heard a stat. Uh, Toronto now has the top four out of 11 highest contracts in the league yeah, uh, so right now. There's like wild, 11 in a guys. World, that's wild. There's 11 yeah. guys making 10 million plus and four of them are in Toronto. Now, a couple of these contracts are up after next year. So Tavares is up after next year and Mitch Marner is up after next year. And I think that's going to be the interesting one. John Tavares has already come out and said that he plans to retire as a Maple Leaf. So I think he signs for like, half of what he's making now on the next contract but like boys they can't keep all of these guys so we talked about it a little bit earlier this week but like no but hang on they that never can. happened <laughs> they can they can't keep going all these up. guys yeah so so the cap goes up next year uh quite a quite a large sum and that pays for william nylander's raise yeah but so they shouldn't right, right they there. shouldn't have all this money tied up in in forwards like they're D after you get through Morgan Riley, like name a Ma and Mark Giordano, who's 41 years old, name another Leafs defenseman. I can't like, and their goaltending Martin Jones has had a fantastic two weeks. Like he's played great, but that's not going to last forever. So you can't right. keep all these guys. Right. Well, okay. TJ Brody comes off the books, 5 million at the end of this year. Ooh. And maybe <laughs> hang on. It's five mil. Uh, and so right now their goaltending tandem, um, the highest paid goalie who's playing right now is Martin Jones at eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. He's getting he's getting paid the most. That is not sustainable. So you're gonna have to find a goalie 
because uh, uh, what's his uh, Matt Murray comes off the books too uh, at the end of this year. Now he's under long-term injury reserve currently. Yeah, Same never, with- I don't think he's ever playing a hockey game again. I think he's done. Maybe not, but they they do lose Jake Muzzin, Matt Murray, and Klingberg. That's fourteen point four million dollars that's coming but, off of the cap. Right they're now not, they're spending all that money, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that it's not counting towards their cap breaks right, or in the I, LTIR relief. Yeah, so Bertuzzi and Domi make up eight and a half million, and TJ Brody is another five. So that's thirteen and a half million dollars that they're gonna be able to spend on a goalie. And two, four, five defensemen <laughs> and yeah, you, five forwards. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's not going to work. That's not enough money. Um, that's enough money, but you're paying a lot of players a million dollars. You got to like, be smart. You know what? They're they're going with the money ball. Uh, the money ball strategy here. Kind of reverse money ball in yeah. a way. Like pay like, four yeah. pay four guys to bury the net, and then hope you can scrounge up enough defense through through analytics. Other guys. Yeah, but you yeah. got to be smarter with the rest of that money, and they weren't this year. Like, so that's eight million dollars for Domi and and Bertuzzi. That's yep. uh, uh, they've combined for nine goals between the two of them, and they they played all year. They haven't been hurt, so like that's not good value. Like those guys haven't done anything for Toronto. Yeah, so in theory, they should be able to go on the open market, find you know two other players pay them not even half as much money who are going to score that many points. But yeah, it just baffles me that with all four of those guys, they didn't win a single contract, not one. They lost on every one of those deals. They lost like nobody took a hometown discount. Not that you should expect someone to, but you'd think you'd be able to negotiate down a little. It was essentially with all four of those guys with Tavares, Marner, Matthews, and uh and Nylander it was like I want this much okay like well and with Nylander like had they signed him to the extension this past summer they're probably saving themselves like one and a half to two million dollars on that contract yeah he, he maybe goes for nine not maybe eight and a half right like because he was at the time you could argue he was the third or fourth best forward on the team now he's the best so yeah I mean it's a good problem to have in a way because he played well but I don't know. I don't see like I, 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 true living. He's kind of inherited this a little bit, like with the other three contracts, but like can't be doing more of the same. And like, look at Dubas in Pittsburgh. He's up to the same old thing. He gets, he gets that big brass ring in his eye where he wants that hot, like free agent. He spent uh, a boatload to get William Carlson in Pittsburgh and, and made that deal and put that money on their cap. Eric, Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson, and he hasn't done – he's been productive, but he hasn't made the team better. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh's competitive. Like, they're, it's a very tight tight race in the Eastern Conference. Like, I think I saw something. They were, like, second in the – second in the division? Must have been – second to last, sorry, in the division. But they were, like, two points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, it's super so. tight. Um, they're still thinking about selling. What do you guys think about Jake Gensel? Would he be somebody that a team like Vancouver should go after? Two years ago, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I I struggle. I struggle with it because who are you going to give up to get Jake Gatzel as a UFA? Like, is this the Canucks year, really? Um, I mean, unless Pittsburgh's taking back a first-rounder from this year because you know at least it's not going to be a lottery pick. But I'm not trading away 
any of our top defensive prospects. It's been way too long since we've had good top defensive prospects in the system that are going to be able to come up to the big league on cheap contracts. I it's mean, been way too long for Vancouver to have that. So I'm not I'm not giving that away. I mean, you say two years ago, Alan, 39 games, 18 goals, 26 assists, 44 points for Gensel. He's having a career year. He's having his best season ever. Um, he's only 29. If it was a first and Pod Colson, I'd do it. Because I I don't know if this is the year for Vancouver, but it could be. Like it's so wide open this year. And with Demko. When he gets hot and he gets on a roll and you look what Jake Gensel could bring to that lineup, like you and in, you inject him into that top six and it knocks everybody else down and puts them in a position where they're more comfortable. Like, I don't know, maybe Kuzmenko in a first, right? The other, the other thing is, does he want to go there? He's I, got a no trade, right? I know they're the best team in the league. You want to win. Canucks, Vancouver and Winnipeg are the two best teams in the NHL. Like, can't believe I'm and- saying that. And free, agent, That's so fun, free, agents, free agents are just lining up to sign there, right? The Canucks have gotten big free agent fish before. I mean, and it's the most beautiful city, arguably, in the world. Um, yeah, with management no, who actually no know bias, right? No bias. With, no bias. Hey, you live in Kingston. This is a lot or Wellington. This is a lot better here. Um, yeah, Winnipeg would be a hard sell for me as a free agent. I've been to Winnipeg in the wintertime and it's terrible. But I mean I don't know. I, I feel like this is a move. If the Canucks keep winning, if we're at the deadline and there's still a first place team in the division, I think you got to do this. I think you got to so, make so a splash. Just to throw in some Canuck stuff right here. Here's my problem with the Getzel trade is this. Right now, they've reunited the lotto line and it's only been three games, but it looks dynamite. Like they are so good. And like Getzel who's going to center him if you keep that lotto line together? You know, like, doesn't it kind of feel like if you're the Canucks, you need, if you if that lotto line is going to go and keep going and going towards the trade deadline, I would rather, you know, get a, a, a center. If you're going to trade for anybody, it'll but be a center who can carry their own line. You don't need to keep that line together if you add more depth. Like, I kind of don't like the idea of putting all your, your uh, eggs in one basket. Like, you know, Kuzmenko, Mikheyev, Pedersen, that line's not really viable because Kuzmenko's dropped off. But, like, you put, you know, Miller, Besser, Gensel together. Like, I'd like to see that. Put that line together. Leave Mikheyev with uh, with Petey. Like, and then I, I, Hoglander could step up. Like, I, it's not – they don't need to do this, but they could. And it would, as a fan of the team, to make the team a good team – uh, better and make them an excellent team uh, and bringing in a guy who's won before a couple of times and who's still in his 20s. Like, I don't know. I just feel like uh, it makes perfect sense for them to do what, this. What, what do you think Etzel's going to get in, in free agency? I mean, so yeah, okay, let's go through his points. So the last three years, 84 points in 76 games, 40 goals. Um, 36 goals last year, 73 points. This year, he's going to be around between 80 and 95. He's probably going to get six, seven million dollars minimum. He could get eight if somebody gets really thirsty for him. Uh, I, I was going to say you're looking at like eight and a half. Yeah, I could see that, Alan. I, I, I don't think he's worth that, but somebody will pay him eight and a half. He, he, he plays with Crosby, though. Like, is that, do you not take that into account? Or yeah, is but somebody you're talking still going to. If he, you, do you think like 36 year old Crosby's getting him more points than like 25 year old Petey would? Probably about yes. the same. 
Crosby, Crosby is maybe Crosby maybe. best yeah. player in the NHL. I, I I mean I I think I'm with Alan here. I think you know Crosby is still such a stud. Petey is picking it up, and and you know like, but but but. Petey is really putting up the points the last few games as he plays with better talent. And, and, uh, Mikheyev, I like him, but you know, my buddy and I, when we were at the game, Chris, you know who I'm talking about, we kept on calling him potato hands because Mikheyev gets into a position to score so many times a game and he can never finish. Yeah, He's so, got so much speed and so much talent, but yeah, he has trouble putting the biscuit in the basket for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, all the more reason to bring in another trigger, man. I don't know. I like it. I would be more than happy to give up this year's first round pick and Kuzmenko or Pod Colson to get it done. I'm with you, Dave. You can't look at you can't look at Wallander. You can't look at at EPD Part Two or Nurmi. Like you need your defensive prospects. Like you, you, that cupboard has been bare for far too long. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't want to give up Lakaramaki either. MVP of the World Junior Championship. No, they're not getting rid of. They're not getting rid of him. He's no, he's no. going to be a player for them. But. Um, Switching gears a little bit, uh, the Montreal Canadiens seem to have decided that Sam Montembeau is their number one goalie. They've they've kind of gone all in on him. Alan, have you heard anything else about Jake Allen? Is when's he going to Edmonton? When is this happening? Guy doesn't want to leave Montreal. He's happy with this three goaltender situation. Said that he kind of was here when it started. He wants to see it through, um, but that's not good for anybody, really. Uh, no, you got to deal him. You got to deal him. He does. He have a no move. Uh, I don't think I so. Think, I don't know. I I would be shocked if he did. But see, I'm not fully sold on Montembeau as like the starter. Like, yeah, he has amazing games. Like they just beat at the time they were the best team in the league at the uh, the Rangers there and look like Carey Price in the shootout. God damn, that was good. Um, but then you'll go to the middle of this week and he'll put up a stinker. Like consistency is his biggest thing. But there's no reason to hang on to a 34-year-old goalie when you're not going to make the playoffs. No, like, no, no. I think like they should have moved him like two, three months ago and played role with Montembeau and Primo, get them the reps. Because as a goalie, I know the saying is like players have to play to get better, but it's even more true for goalies because it's not doing them any good in practice. Like no, just facing their own teammates. No, not at all. I totally agree. It's like it's like what happened to Mike DiPietro in the in the bubble and it set his career back like three years. But I mean, like. Edmonton, like Stuart Skinner's playing better, like Toronto again, like hats off to Martin Jones, good North Vancouver boy, happy for him that he's playing well. But like Jake Allen would give the Leafs good enough goaltending to give them a chance at winning a Stanley Cup. Like their team is that explosive. Listen, listen, there is no way Montreal's trading Jake Allen to Toronto if that's going to be the difference between them and a Stanley Cup. That is not happening. <laughs> no chance. I, I, I will not. I will find out where Jeff Gordon and uh uh, Kent Hughes offices are and I will camp out there if that happens you're seeing more of that though like the Canucks have made deals with Edmonton and Calgary in recent years like yeah well that's okay because neither one of those teams has a real track record of having any success in the playoffs except for Edmonton neither does Toronto yeah <laughs> so well, we did we talk about that in the last show um, that crazy stat that like speaking of Stanley Cups that shouldn't count it all comes full circle on this show I love this um, the Leafs have never won more than two playoff rounds in a season ever, ever. Their Stanley Cup championships all came when there were only two rounds in the playoffs. Uh, and they and, never made it to round three, 
You can look this up. I was it's floored true. by this when I saw this on TSN. It's true. And uh, what's the Western Conference title there? The Campbell, the, the Campbell, Clarence Campbell Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Montreal's won that. Toronto never has. Yeah, yeah. They won it in the bubble <laughs> year. But like, and Toronto was in the Western Conference till like 1998. Yeah. But they've Hang never on. won more than two I... rounds ever. Oh, they've never won more than two rounds. Okay, but they have made it to the conference finals. But they've never won it. Right. Okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. Carolina. Carolina in 2003 would have been the last time. Yeah. Yeah. With Sundin and 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 Cujo, that was as close. They got beat by Arter Zerbe and Ronnie Francis twenty in, years ago. Yeah, in one of like the most boring Stanley Cup finals ever, where everybody knew it was a foregone conclusion. That would have been way better if Toronto had, had made it into play Detroit. Like at least there would have been that original six sizzle. But uh, Rob Brendamore spoiled the party and won the Stanley Cup, or almost Rod won the Stanley the Cup that year. And Ronnie yeah. Francis. Yeah. Glenn Wesley. Oh, that was a team. There were still some Whalers on that team. Eric Weinrich, I think maybe. And his and his yellow visor. Yellow and his, visor. Yeah. And his, Toxic attitude. When he came to Vancouver, he was one of the most hated players by the other. Like, um, whenever you'd get a chance to talk to a guy like Todd Bertuzzi or Marcus Naslin, like the guys from the West Coast Express years, Brendan Morrison was the one who I heard this from directly. Worst teammate ever. They all said Eric Weinrich. They all hate. I haven't heard a single person say a nice thing about that guy, other than his visor was kind of cool. But hated no one liked eric weinrich apparently he was a really difficult dude to get along with um speaking speaking of uh guys uh who apparently are good to get along with on their own team but are becoming hated across the league nick Nick cousins Cousins. (laughs) yeah (laughs) we talk about nick cousins so much because every week he does something stupid um, most recently he hit Jason Zucker from behind in Arizona in front of 12 people. No, 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 no. Zucker hit him from behind in retaliation for him hitting, uh, that other guy from behind. Ah, <laughs> in the same really play. Whatever. Valamaki yeah. or whatever. Yeah. His name was too long. I, I can't pronounce that. Too many, many vowels, not enough consonants. <laughs> That's yeah. correct. Um, but man, so did, so cousins just gets hit and then just collapses onto the ice as if he's died. That's his move. And um, Zucker gets suspended for a few games for that hit. Yeah. Uh, uh, but how do we feel about this? I mean, I don't know. I feel like. I how think does Nick Cousins escape any type of suspension? I know. Totally. Like he, I totally he agree. He plastered Eric Branson like three weeks ago. Branson says, okay, you didn't do anything. I'm going to take this into my own hands. Ragdolls the guy. He ends up getting dealt some blows for it. And then it happens three weeks later. And again, the NHL is just like, yeah, we cool with that cousins, but we're going to go after the guy that came in to defend his teammate. You Jason Zucker. Yeah. I mean, what a da- what a, like a, a dangerous ish hit from Zucker. But at the same time, you're like, well, like if the league's not going to do anything about this, what do you think is going to happen? And if the guy won't fight and like, I don't want to sound like an old, like troglodyte here, but like, uh, Kevin Bieksa addressed it on Hockey Night in Canada, and he's like, the guy got run from behind there because everyone knows he won't answer the bell. We all saw the thing with Good Branson. He hits guys in dangerous spots on the ice, and then when he gets confronted, he turtles, and people can't get their pound of flesh. Like Bieksa even said, he's like, I've made dirty hits in my career, but I answer for them, and people will respect you if you answer for them. And 
And Nick Cousins is a rat. And that's what BX has said, and I agree with him. Say what you want about my boy Matt Cook, but he stood up for himself. He did. He fought. He fought. Like he when he when he knocked Mark Savard out, he had to fight Sean Thornton. Yeah. Uh, and when he was running guys against Atlanta, he had to fight Evander Kane. And young Evander Kane was tough as nails. Um, and speaking of tough as nails, I tried my first non-alcoholic beer of the year that I didn't like, and it was Alan's aunt that gave it to me. Oh, it boy. was. <laughs> It was that explains a, what was it? it all then. That explains it all. It was uh it was some weird Vancouver Island brewery, but it was it was not a Corona Zero or a Bud it's, or a Bud It's Wife probably Black. made with grass and dandelions. Yeah, it tasted like it was made with grass and dandelions. So uh I'm still recovering from that. Dave, what are you drinking tonight? So Ooh. uh yeah, I got this Asahi zero percent because I was in Costco the other day. Normally, Costco only has Budweiser Zeros, but they actually had a selection. They had Budweiser Zeros, Asahi Zero, and Corona Zero. So uh, we stocked up on some Asahi and Coronas uh, just to give some different flavors, man. And then, like, this is cold, and it's good because when I first tried it, it was left out for a little bit. It was kind of warm. Asahi is not good warm. I can tell you that much. No. Uh, but it's delicious cold. Um, I would be, I would be more prone to try these non-alcoholic beers if they didn't cost as much as like the real deal yeah that's true that is kind of a drawback Um, not here in bc in bc they're half the price well i'm looking forward to drinking some asahi beer when i go to tokyo in march that's going to be exciting uh also exciting a great chance as always to talk to you guys thanks for getting us where you got us from whether that was spotify or apple this has been episode 104 the ottawa silver seven and Nick Cousins' Unfan Club edition of Off the Rush. Thank you and good night. (laughs) 